0: Hey, it's Christopher with Simple Septic Secrets. Welcome back to another podcast while I drive in my car and I talk to myself on the way to work. So yesterday, I talked about a new hire that we are testing out. It was um, the first time we've ever hired a woman to actually do the job of pumping. And I had some concerns about it as far as if she was strong enough to lift the lids and all that kind of stuff and how she'd be able to handle it because she's she's small. She's not like a really big, honking person. So far yesterday, we didn't have any big lids to lift. So I don't necessarily know if she can lift them, but everything else she handled great. So I do have high hopes and I've been looking online. It looks like we could probably make something like a tripod with a pulley or something along those lines in order to just lift the, the lids that way, which ideally, even if someone can't lift the, even if somebody can lift the lids, I think that would be a much better solution because it's not good for your back to be bending over and lifting these, you know, 50 to 70 pound lids, there's ways to do it with your legs and stuff, but it's still not the safest. So it would be much better if we can make some sort of tripod or something on there with a, with a winch. And I think we could probably make one for about 500 bucks. They had some online that were like $3,000, but pretty sure we could make one for like 500 bucks, maybe 600. But in my opinion, it's totally worth it as far as one, saving the driver's energy. I, I kind of look at things weird. So, I look at the driver. I mean, when I say the driver, this, I, I think about myself when I, when I came up with this, but it applies to everyone. I picture them starting off in the morning, or me starting off in the morning, with a little, like a little, uh, like a little Sims character. I've never played Sims, but this is how imagining Sims works. Uh, you've got a little character, and right above their head is a battery, like their little, like their life force. So each job they do is gonna diminish their life force a little bit little by little until by the end of the day they're beat, they're tired, and they wanna go home. My thought is, depending on the job, the more energy that the driver has to put out, whether it's like smashing up all that shit and the wet wipes, breaking it up, or digging a really hard hole in the ground or all that kind of stuff, I feel like the more energy a driver has to put into a particular job, the more the customer should have to pay. If it's an easy job, they're in and out, then they shouldn't have to pay as much. So by having a tripod like that with a, with a pulley or electric winch or whatever, then you'd be able to save more of the driver's energy throughout the day. Because you don't think of it this way, but every time you lift up a heavy lid or you uh, have to beat on something with a sledgehammer, it's, it's slowly taking away your energy and your, your, your life force. It's a strange way to look at it, but that's kind of how I've looked at it for for quite a while now. So anything we can do in order to keep their energy as high as possible and not exhaust them by the end of the day is in the best benefit of us and of the person working. So that was my my weird way of looking at life. Uh, the other way I look at life is, is sometimes I notice that it helps if you look at yourself as like a third-party character and you're like, I can make my character rich if I wanted. I can make my character buff. You know, there's all these things you can do to your character. You can make them tanned. Which, you know, you are your character. So, if you want to be rich, what do you do? You go and look up what do rich people do. Oh, they read. Oh, I'm going to read the type of books rich people read. Or they start a business. I'm going to start a business. Or whatever. Same with if you want your character to be buff. Oh, you have to start working out. So you go and you know, meet, meet new friends and people who work out, or you put yourself in situations where you're going to be around people that work out. Same if you want to be rich. You have to put yourself in situations where you're going to be meeting other wealthy people or people who are on a similar trajectory to you. So it's a weird way to look at life, but it's kind of fun that way if you sort of gamify it. Uh, Now, I'm not rich yet, so I can't tell you that it works 100%, but I'm on that path. I mean, before I started looking at life this way, I didn't have a business or... I didn't work out, <clears throat> I didn't do all that kind of stuff. So I do think that by doing these different things, it makes a big difference. But you gotta make these little small changes and over time they compound. That's one of the things I mention in my follow-ups after people buy some of my products is I'll say, Hey, it's time to check for leaks. A small leak in your system can cost you thousands, and thousands of dollars. If you destroy your leach field or saturate your leach field, whatever. Then I'm like, Hey, what other things in your life are small leaks, things that are com- compounding into like something that's going to cost you a lot of money, whether it's a bad habit, smoking, eating out, waking up early and going straight to McDonald's. I didn't even know that was a thing actually until the other day. Um, I know somebody who knows somebody and every single morning they get up, like I cook breakfast for myself, so I just, I assume everyone does that I guess, but I guess not. They get up, go straight to McDonald's and eat McDonald's, and then lunchtime go back to McDonald's, like there's people who eat McDonald's two to three times a day, or whatever fast food. So things like that will compound into a heart attack, or diabetes, or obesity, which comes with its own problems. You can say big is beautiful all you want, And that's fine. Each individual person is beautiful in their own way. provided they have a great personality, I suppose, Uh, and they're a good person. But ultimately, those decisions you make every day are going to compound, and it's either going to compound negatively or it's going to compound positively. So I don't lay it out as detailed as that, but I'll say something like, what other decisions in your life are compounding? Uh, then I'll suggest that they read The Compound Effect, because obviously that's where I got that from. And hopefully the person when they get that email, it hits them totally out of left field. They read it, they're like, what? I'm getting, I'm getting advice from the septic guy about personal stuff? Maybe I should just check out this book. It seems kind of interesting. And they read it, and maybe it changes their life. That, that's what I'm hoping for, because I think that would be super cool. We had a get-together. Well, it's was basically a get-together. It was an event in Texas. About a month ago, and Jimmy Darts was there, and he had this really powerful speech. Well, it was—I mean, I talked to him afterwards. I asked him; uh, cause he, he was like one of the best speakers there. I'm like, dude, do you like? How'd you get so good at speaking? You like practice, or do you know you have to go to speak class? Or he's like, oh no, that was my first one. I just talked from the heart. It, it, it was insane because other people would come and they speak for a living, and he like blew them all out of the water. But what he was saying was you're going to have an impact on other people because what he does is he goes around and he you know, he gets people do acts of kindness and then he like gives them money or he does go fund me and raises you know $50,000 for them and he does that kind of stuff and he said the majority of people that you reach and that you make a difference on or an impact you will never know. He's like you're going to have no idea what happens. So you might give someone $500 and they might have been on the verge of killing themselves because they weren't going to be able to pay for their their, uh, their mortgage or their rent or whatever. So he had actually shared a powerful story where he had stopped. He basically drives around. He says, God just tells him like, Hey, I'm going to go talk to that guy. Like he just has like this urge, this feeling of like, this guy needs me to go talk to him. So you go talk to the guy and be like, Hey, you want to go to Disneyland with me? It's like a homeless guy in the street. And so the guy's like, okay. And then he just went with Disneyland with him. He took him skydiving, he got a haircut. He just went and took him out, had a really good time. And he found out afterwards, this is one of the few times you get to find out the impact you made, or at least a part of the impact you made. He found out afterwards that that guy was considering killing himself that day. He felt like his family didn't love him. There was no one around him. No one believed in him. He's living on the streets. That's a very difficult place to be. And Jimmy just shows up out of the blue and takes him on this amazing day. And he ends up seeing that guy years later and he was no longer homeless. He, he was out on the beach, just hanging out. He said he'd got a job, stopped doing drugs. And it was interesting because it was just from him stopping and having an act of kindness, taking that guy out and showing him a good time and just showing him that, hey, not all people are bad. Because a lot of these homeless people are on the side of the road. They're constantly people are like, fuck off, leave me alone, get away. I mean, I'm guilty of it. When I see those people sometimes, I'm like, I'm not gonna make eye contact because some of those people are fucking crazy. I mean, it's true. A lot of them have schizophrenia and whatever. Like, I'm not necessarily trying to get involved in that, but some people are just down on their luck and they just need some positive reinforcement. My point is there's all kinds of things that that can have an impact on others. And I'm hoping that through these email follow-ups and these tips and all these kind of things, I can have an impact on people. Because I think that'd be really cool. Cause I talk to am like, blue in my face, to my friends and my family. Well, I don't really have any friends anymore. I have like a couple friends that are new friends now. I had to get rid of my old friends. Talk to them, blue in my face, about you know starting a business or personal development or different books I read. And when people don't care, they just don't give a shit. You might as well just be speaking a made-up language. They do not understand. So, what you have to do is distance yourself from those people. Find new people. I went for probably five years without any other friends, uh, other than other than my girlfriend. She was my friend. She's always been my best friend. Like we're We talk every day. We spend most of our time with each other. We're best friends. We hang out together. Everything everything we do is together. We're one of those couples. So that does make it easier as far as not having friends for five years. But. I put the intention out there that I wanted to meet like-minded people, and slowly but surely, I actually put myself in a situation where I would meet these people, and now I've, I've got a couple friends I can talk to on the phone and text, and uh, one friend in particular, I met him through pumping a septic tank. The only person I've ever became friends with, or, you know, I've done, I'd say hundreds and hundreds of jobs, the only one that I've actually ever made friends with, and he was, it was very strange because he's my age, building a business. And he kind of reached out to me because I'm sort of shy. And especially at work, I'm not going to like, be like, hey, let's hang out or like put myself out there like that. I mean, that can be weird. Especially if you're like doing a service for somebody and you come into their house and then like trying to hang out with them. But it's totally acceptable the other way around if they want to do that. So now we're friends. We talk on the phone and hang out and stuff. So I was able to manifest a friend by getting rid of all my other friends. And... Just putting out that intention out there, I'd write my gratitude journal. I'm grateful for all the friends I have, the I'm grateful for meeting new people who are like-minded, and I'm grateful, yeah, I just I write that kind of stuff out. And it just sort of happens. It's very, very strange how it happens, but it happens. I have it that I've created talking about the compound effect, and it's sort of uh, compounded, I guess, to the point now where I've got like multiple journals filled with stuff is at night right before bed, all right. Today, I'm grateful for blah, blah, blah. And sometimes I'll write, today I'm grateful for, and I'll put like, my super successful business is worth, you know, whatever. Uh, and now that not hasn't necessarily happened yet, but I'll put it out there as if it's already happened. Other times I'll write things that have already happened, but the point is I'm just writing things that I'm grateful for, and I'm trying to bring gratitude into my life, and I'm trying to think and be intentional about where I want to go with my future. Because a lot of times if you ask somebody, uh, for example, the the Someone will be complaining about something. Uh, and this usually happens with the kind of friends who are anchors, the kind of people who you don't necessarily feel good afterwards. They, they hang out. You hang out with them and then they emotionally dump on you. And you're not like, wow, I feel really uplifted. You feel like, uh, yeah, that's kind of ick. But so they'll complain about something and you'll say, oh, OK, well, what do you want? And they, they look at you like, what? Well, these are all the things you don't want. But like, what do you want? And they're so focused on what they don't want that they've never even considered what they want. They've put very, very little thought, if any, into what they actually want. And the problem with that is when they're focusing on what they don't want, they're going to get more of it. The more you focus on the negative, this is going bad, nothing's going Nothing's going for me, the more you're going to get that. And it sounds crazy, but I've seen it in my own life. The way I like to look at things so this last couple of years have been been fucking crazy. From having to throw away 90% of my shit, you know, mold illness, dogs being sick, like I mean, it's, it goes on and on and on. I don't need to complain about it because the way I look at it is, all these things happen for a reason. They may suck and they may be really fucked up, but they happen for a reason, and they're putting me on the path where I need to be. There's a lesson that needs to be learned with these situations. I could look at it as like, my life's going to hell, I'm living in an RV, I don't have shit, I have a bunch of bills, I got a bunch of debt because I had to replace the majority of shit in my house, and I have a bunch of health issues we have to address, and I can sit there and whine and bitch about all that, or I can say, there's a lesson in this, good things happen to me, I know it's going to work out how it's supposed to work out, and I can focus more on that side of it than the negative, because you'll drown if you just start focusing on the negative. If, if you just focus on all the bills that are due, and, it, and it's hard because obviously you have to pay bills, you know, you, you don't want to not pay your electricity or they're going to shut it off. So it's not an easy thing to do, but I choose to just have this strong belief that like good things happen to me. Uh, everything's going to work out how it's supposed to. And I look for the lessons in life. And a lot of times if you realize, uh, some people don't realize this and you can see it in other people. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily happening with me, but it could be, it's hard to see within yourself. So you almost need someone else to point it out or you have to be really introspective. And I'm sure this is, this has happened to me lots of times in other situations in my life, but people usually are repeating the same mistake and they're living in a six month trauma loop where they're in a, like say, for example, a relationship, everything's going great. Then it goes to shit, then it goes great. Then it goes to shit and it's a big circle and they're the same problems over and over. And the reason it's happening is because there's a lesson to be learned there, and they're not necessarily addressing their trauma, and they're not addressing the things that need to be done. So, until you address those type of things, it's going to keep happening to you over and over and over. I was watching this channel the other day. It's called Soft White Underbelly. It's a very interesting channel because he goes to Skid Row, and he interviews people that are on the street. He interviews schizophrenic people. I mean, he's got... He's interviewed millionaires, interviewed cops. Like, it's it's really interesting. And he interviewed this guy who was in his 70s. He had just gotten out of prison. His kids don't talk to him. His kids are, like, spread out. He's got kids everywhere, spread out all around different states. And he asked him, do you have any regrets? And he said, oh, no, my life's fucking great. I love it. I, I wouldn't change anything. And I thought, that's really sad because – I'm sure he did have a lot of good times like partying and doing meth and all that shit he's doing there. But the guy's in his 70s. It seems like the kind of person who makes the same mistakes over and over and over. To be in your 70s and still being arrested and locked up, it wasn't like he was in prison since he was 20. He's been in and out of prison his whole entire life. So if you're still getting arrested in your 70s, I mean, for one, he's kind of a badass. He was like muscular and shit. He's in his 70s. So, like, that is cool, but if you're into that kind of stuff. But my point is, that's someone who's making the same mistakes over and over. They're in jail, then they're out of jail. They're in jail, then they're out of jail. And a lot of times when you talk with people like that, you ask them, like, what went wrong or how come. It's always they, them, you. It's never me. It's never I fucked up. I made a big mistake. I shouldn't have done that. And when you're speaking to someone, if they, if something goes wrong and you notice them say things like, yeah, well, they, or them, and you start using those types of words, it's because they're not taking responsibility for themselves. And it's hard sometimes to take responsibility, especially if you think somebody else is at fault, but no matter the situation, almost every situation, maybe every situation, there's some sort of responsibility to be had by yourself. And just saying those things like, oh, I should have done this better. I should have, say you hire somebody, and they keep fucking up and making mistakes. For me, it's easy just to be like, oh, I told them how to do it. They just, they keep fucking up. But I look at it as, I didn't train them well enough. I didn't make it as clear as I could have that they needed to be able to, um, wow, that guy almost ran into me. That was really stupid. Lost my train of thought. This guy almost sideswiped. He came flying up behind me. This lane was like ending. And I was already past the part where it ended and he went off the edge right between the wall and then squeezed in right beside me and then cut over. He's going like 80 or 90 in, a, in a, like a 45 year. And now he's right in front of me at the stop site. Whatever. That's another thing, I try not to get mad at people. I used to get really pissed off and like, I was one of those assholes that would like block people in if they'd like act like a dick. I'd be like, fuck you, and I'd block people in, and I'd honk my horn at them, flip them off. Now I look at it, and I'm changing gears because I forgot what I was talking about. Now I look at it as, and this. this will probably help a lot of people, when someone cuts you off, or they're driving like an asshole, or they're speeding past, you think, maybe they're trying to get somewhere because their kid's sick. Maybe they're trying to get to a hospital. Maybe they've got to go home and take a shit. They're about to shit their pants. Whatever. Just give them the benefit of the doubt, and there's no point in getting all upset about it because it it does nothing for you except for damage your health by getting all anxious and stressed out and driving's already stressful enough so to get all mad like that and start flipping people off and going crazy plus these days it's a good way to get shot especially if you live where I live you don't know what people are carrying or what they're going on I mean that person could have like just killed somebody and they're not giving a fuck and they're they know when they get caught, they're going to jail for the rest of their lives. You could be on there, end up in their path. Let them go. It's really not worth it. It's really your ego responding to it. When you're like, fuck you, and you know, I've gotten to some pretty crazy like things like that where we're trying to run each other off the road and shit. It's really not worth it. It's stupid. Luckily no one's ever got hurt, like, in those situations. I had a guy once, I was on my motorcycle, I just got my license. And I pull up, you're allowed to pull next to cars and like at the stop signs, I pulled up next to him and I took off to take off in front of him, but I forgot to shift down because I was new at it. So I started off in third gear. So I take off slow. He got mad that I was trying to pass him, even though it was totally legal. He ran me off the side of the road. I almost hit a dumpster. And then, um, I went back to like follow him like, Oh, I'm going to go fucking fight this dude. And, uh, and that was back when I used to like do kickboxing and like jujitsu and all that. But when I got to him, I realized this is a really stupid thing to do. I got my helmet on. I have this huge backpack because I packed a lunch for my girlfriend and I, we were going to have a picnic. So I have this big giant turtle backpack on my back, I'm sitting on a motorcycle. He gets out of the, th- the truck. He's a big guy. And I'm like, this is a terrible idea because I'm, I'm, I'm just going to drive off. It's not worth it. So you have to pick your fights, pick your battles. And really it's what's worth what happens. Say you beat the guy up, then what, or maybe you get beat up, or maybe that guy is a professional fighter. <laughs> you have no idea. Or maybe he pulls out a gun. There's just so many different things that I just, I would not recommend doing it. It's always best if you can get out of a fight. Don't let your ego get involved. That person's life is probably going to shit if they're willing to, like, run you off the road and try to fight you. That's, they're not mad at you. They're mad at themselves. They're mad at something that's going on in their lives. I feel like I was making a good point earlier and I forgot what it was, but... Basically what I'm trying to say is take responsibility for your life. Take responsibility for your actions. The... Where you are in life right now, whether it's whether you're extremely successful, you have a great relationship, or you're struggling to pay your bills and your life's falling apart, it's on you. You're the reason why you are where you are. You can try to say, oh, it's this person, I was in this relationship and they did this and that. No, it's you. You're the reason why you are where you are. The decisions you make today are going to shape tomorrow. You are where you are now because of the decisions you made a year before. So if you're overweight and you don't feel well and your knees hurt, that's because you made poor decisions the years leading up to that. And obviously people have health conditions and stuff. I mean, I I know about it for sure because my girlfriend and everything, like I'm very much aware of like things that are out of people's control. But even in those situations, a lot of times you can take back at least some control by trying to eat healthier or trying to even go on a walk or and this obviously doesn't apply to everyone. There's people who have really fucked up situations and they can't do anything, but the vast majority of people, they can get out there and they can make a change and they can do something different and they can better themselves. I mean, I did. I was back before I you know, started talking like this and trying to inspire people and all that kind of stuff. I was depressed. I was drinking every night not only was I drinking, I was taking pain pills. I would take quite a few. I had a prescription for 30 milligram oxycodones. I had a prescription for 210, which is about seven a day, but I was taking a lot more than seven a day. I'd take, you know, nine, 10. And then towards the end of the month, I would just struggle as I'm like trying to stretch these pills out as long as I can. So I don't go through withdrawal. That was my life for like five years five, six years of just being a fucking pill head and towards the end is when it got worse. When I started to run out, then I'm like, fuck, I'm running out of pills. So that's when I started drinking. Like, Oh, okay, well I'll just, tr- I'll just take the pills during the day then I'll drink at night. So I don't have to feel like the withdrawal stuff and and, and, the, and the pain of not having them. And then on top of that, I'm like, Oh, well I want to be able to sleep tonight. So I'm going to pop some Benadryl and I used to black out almost every single night I'd wake up and I'd be scared that I did something stupid. Because my girlfriend would tell me, like, hey, you were sleepwalking last night. And, you know, basically what I was, I was blacked out. I'd wake up, I'd go into the bathroom, I'd pull the towels down and piss on this stupid shit. One day I was in the, uh, in the kitchen. She has a recording of this, and I'd like to find it and post it. It's embarrassing, but it's like it can show how where you come from, how far people can grow. I was mixing mayonnaise and like ice cream going the consistency is not right. And I'm like trying to make ice cream. She's just laughing. Like what the fuck are you doing? Because she hadn't, she didn't realize that I was totally fucked up um, because I hit it well, except for the blackout parts. So I was going through that. Then I'd get up the next day. I'd go to work. I mean, I never missed work. I'd be fucking blacked out the night before. Go to work. If I felt like I was going to throw up, I would just go behind the truck somewhere, throw up, drink a little bit of water, and be like, man, I never want to drink again. Next, as soon as I get home, towards the end of the day, I'm like, man, I can't wait to drink. And the next thing I know, get home, start drinking more vodka again, taking more pills. You know, just this fucked up cycle that was going on for, fuck, you know, the drinking part, I think, like two years. And the, the pill part, altogether, drinking and pills, like five, five, six years, maybe longer. It got progressively worse as it went along. There'd be points where I'd run out of pills, so I'd try to get creative, and I'd buy, I'd go to the store, and I'd buy poppy seeds in bulk, and then I would boil them down, and then I'd make, uh, like, a really strong, um, like, brew out of it in order to be able to, like, get the opiates from that, and it would work, it's not the same as pills, but it it would, like, take the edge off, and it actually would work, uh, it's kind of crazy, but I do all kinds of creative shit like that in order to keep, a I guess keep the drug in my system and and feel better. My point is I went from that to start my own business. Uh, I have huge goals now. It's like, as soon as I got off those pills and I stopped drinking and everything, basically what happened is first I stopped drinking and, and then I stopped taking the pills. And after about a month of that, it's like my brain woke up and I was like a different fucking person. It was insane. I'm like, this is bullshit. I want more in my life. What do rich people do? And I started Googling. Oh, they read books. What's the most number one read book by rich people? Oh, Think and Grow Rich. I think I heard of that book before. And then they're telling you in the book, you've got to do auto-suggestion, which is like you write out your chief aim in life. You write out um, basically your plan of like what you want, and you read it like two to three times a day out loud. So I did it for like two years. It completely rewired my brain. After like six months of it, I realized... When I was speaking with friends, my old friends, it was like, it wasn't, oh, one day if I get rich, hopefully I can make money. It was, no, when I'm wealthy, I'm going to do this. Like, it was like a foregone. It like it basically rewired my brain to the point where I'm like, oh, no, I'm I'm wealthy. I am wealthy. So I totally rewired my brain, started reading more books, putting, you know, not hanging out with my friends anymore that were, like, not going in that direction. And I completely rewired my brain to the point where success was inevitable. So it's definitely possible for anybody. I mean, if I could do that, I'm like, I'm not a super smart guy. I can't even spell. I have to use Grammarly and all that shit. A lot of times the other day I, I put a comment on there. Someone I, I said someone made a comment about a turtle video. They're like, yeah, he's misgendering. misgendering uh, he's worried about misgendering a turtle. And I wrote something back about uh, misgendering. And I said it misgendering, not misgendering. And I didn't realize it until someone was like laughing there, and I just pretended I did it on purpose like it was a joke. But I spell shit wrong all the time. I'm not the most intelligent person, but I'm able to grow now. I've The most I've ever done is $40,000 in a month. Like I have goals of doing a million dollars a month in sales. So I have all these goals and all these dreams and everything, and anybody can do it. Anybody out there can do it. There's, there's people who have disabilities who make millions of dollars a year because you can use the Internet and leverage the Internet and all these different softwares and whatever. That's a whole other thing. My point is, if you want something in life, you gotta make that decision yourself and you gotta stick with it. As soon as you make that decision and you change that identity, I'm not X I'm not a Walmart employee. I'm a wealthy person. I'm this, I'm that. You gotta say these things to yourself and it'll completely change who you are. Anyways, I just got to work, so I gotta go train train someone else to pump. Hope you guys like this podcast. Let me know if you've been listening to it. Email me at Christopher at SimpleSepticSecrets.com or check out Simple Septic Secrets on YouTube. Drop me a comment and let me know if you've ever listened to this podcast. Cause I have a feeling nobody's listened to it and the only downloads that I'm getting are actually from like bots in, you know, Europe or something. I don't know. Alright, talk to you later.